Welcome to the third episode of Aaron Calling. Oh, oh, my name is Aaron. My name is also Aaron. Uh, and this is Aaron Calling. The the long-awaited third episode between you and I because we've been having some recording issues. <laughs> we're we're neo we're neophytes. <laughs> yes. We do not do technology. That's why we I, talk about old technology. I'm enjoying <laughs> learning this entire process with you. And yes. it's a good thing we're both patient people. Yeah, you know. I mean, <laughs> it happens. <laughs> Sometimes you record whole episodes and then they go off into the ether. That's right. The ether. Never, never to be seen. But that didn't happen because we would never do that. We're totally No, right. No, no, no. Nope, not at all. <laughs> So uh, yeah, so episode three, we uh, we're we're in the trilogy phase here. Things are going to get resolved, I think. Yep, this is our chance at redemption. <laughs> this is also it. my final episode. That's it. I quit. I'm done. <laughs> You're out. That's You're it. out. <laughs> three and done. Yep, three and I done. I Not you. really. I don't blame you. Oh, okay, great, great. Okay, so we have a new. Uh, we let, let's set things up here a bit. We're, we're going oh, yeah. to uh, we're going to kind of uh, well here. Here's a short synopsis of uh, of what our podcast is, in case someone for some reason is stumbling into episode three. <laughs> Two old friends talking about music. That's it, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. All right, on on telephones, nonetheless. Non yes, because other other things seem more complicated for us, but that's okay. We'll figure that out. We're working yep. through it together, neophytes. Yes. Uh, so basically, what we're going to do in this one is uh, we're going to we're going to kind of go through some of the stuff that we bought at this point a couple weeks ago. We could probably do a whole other episode right after this one about what we bought this weekend, but we <laughs> so won't. We'll, we'll save that for a day or two, um, mm. and then um, and then we've got a we got a new segment. Um, and, and we need one of your sexy radio tags for it. All right. Best worst bands. <laughs> I love it. It's still so great. Best worst bands, which we'll explain a little bit later. So before we kick everything off though, I did have some interesting DJ experiences for my last gig. Yes. Let's hear them. So first was, uh, I'm playing, um, I'm playing a Neil Young song on this record that I, it's pretty beat up, but I've used it before and it's been fine. But this, this, for some reason, this one just started to skip so bad that I had to take the needle off, which was really awkward because everyone, the music just died in the room and everyone just looked at me. I'm sort of up on a stage anyway, so it's kind of awkward. But when the music just goes out, it's like, ugh. So I just immediately grabbed what was what I had next, which was Wilco's AM and just threw on the first song, right? And this guy yep. walks up to me and he's like, hey, man, is that Wilco? I'm like, yeah. And he just goes on and on and on about Wilco. And I'm like, great, you know, like, uh, this is really wonderful. And then he, I said, yeah, my wife asked me the other day what was wrong with me because I've been listening to so much Wilco. And he like leans really close in and he was like, does your wife not like Wilco? <laughs> I was like, no, she likes Wilco. And he was like, oh, my wife can't stand them or Cigarose. And I don't know what to do. And I was like, okay. <laughs> And he went on and on forever. And finally, I was just like, okay, well, I got to put the next record on. But later, he came up in the night, and then he goes, hey, man, great set. I was like, okay, thanks. He's like, what's your DJ name? And I was like, uh, Aaron? Uh. <laughs> That's all I had. I panicked. 
And it, you could see he was disappointed. He was like, oh. And I think he has a DJ name, but uh, he, oh. didn't, uh, he didn't quite tell me. I didn't really, you know, need to know it. But uh, that, was, that was... DJ Hot Wax. Yeah, that was it. That was so fun. <laughs> I always told people it would be DJ Tanner, which is like a play on uh, Full House. But he yes. wasn't... He was too young to quite to pick up on that that yeah. joke. But such is my life. And then the other thing was um, I played... Uh, Tom Petty's Change of Heart, and this guy got up and oh. danced by himself, which was great. I thought of, of course you. you did. That I was like, been oh. me. yeah, that would have been you. Been and me. then uh, last, although he did only make it through like the first verse and chorus, and he looked around <laughs> and nobody else was dancing, and he just moved on. That's when you stand but, on top of the table. <laughs> <laughs> you don't sit down; you just get higher than everyone else. <laughs> you know what? I will take the I will take the minute, and uh, I'll take the first verse and. And chorus dance though it does. That's not. It's not much of a dancing arena. So I'll take it's true. It. Yeah, yeah. But he did like the whole like kind of moonwalk, like snapping, <laughs> like like sexy dance. Do you know what yeah, I mean? He did. Like he was really into it. And then yeah, like he, he kind of looked around and he was embarrassed and he stopped. But <laughs> I'll take it. I mean, it's a dancer. That song is. That song is a great song. And then when I was the uh, when I was right before I started, I sent you a text because I found uh, Sacred Songs by Daryl Hall, which I bought yep. after my set. So I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> the world is coming together as one. Yes. Yes. I'm telling you, man, every time we talk about this stuff, uh, it, it pops up. I mean, I sent you a right. text this weekend about something I found, which we can yep. talk about on another episode. But I was like, hey, man, found this. And you're like, you're getting yep. it. I'm like, yep. <laughs> of course. Of course you are. You when we're not. done with this, which who knows when that will be, we will have yeah. identical record collections. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> it's already it's already starting to happen. So that is true. It is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. But I survived. I survived that DJ set, so it was good. It was nice. It was good. I actually have this weekend off for a 16 uh, birthday party for the boys, so That's I'll right. uh, I'll have some time to kind of put some stuff together, which I'm looking forward to. But but yeah, let's talk about our. Our purchases. You want to go first? Yeah, man. I'll uh, I'll swing for the fence first. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, Split ends. Uh, True colors is the name of the nice. record. Yep. Um, Mr. Neil Finn uh, uh, was at this point in Split ends. He wasn't always in Split ends, but then he he was with his brother Tim, I believe is his name. Um, and he famously the song "I Got You," which was like an MTV early mtv weird video i feel like they were like painted up like some sort of like they weren't supposed to be looking like vampires but they kind of did they were just like (laughs) real extra pasty and like standing in some rooms with like weird octagonal windows and like weird stuff's going on behind them uh it's a great single um the record was really cheap and i was like yeah it's in great shape why not yeah um yeah it's good uh, I texted you about this one, Donna Summer, live and more. Yeah. Oof. Oof. Five dollars, two albums, all straight fire. <laughs> it is. You know, I have so a weird, weird Donna Summer story that I thought of after we talked about this last time. Really? <laughs> Just freshman year at Belmont, they <laughs> were selling tickets for like, if you're in the music business program, it was like twenty dollars, which was a lot of money when you're a freshman. Right. And you bought a ticket to sort of help support the uh, music business program. And I think we were at either the Ryman or the Opry House. I can't remember. But one of the, and it was just 
all these performers, right? Like Michael McDonald and Vince Gill or whatever. And out of nowhere, Donna Summer came out and everyone went nuts. And I was just like this punk rock kid that had no idea what was going on. I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Everyone stood up was clapping and dancing. And I was like, I don't know what's going on. So (laughs) that's my Donna Summer story. Yeah. I mean, the record is one of those uh, lovely mid to late seventies live in quotation marks albums where like half the record is probably live, but they probably <laughs> also re-recorded 90% of it, except maybe her vocals, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, the band is on fire. Uh, every song is connected. There's like four different like suites and things on there. It's, you know, it's got the hits, but then it's got all these kind of hidden gems that she and, uh, Giorgio Moroder, uh, wrote together and so it's like it's like classic disco world but the inner child in me runs around like a idiot every time i put it on so yeah it's great um hollow notes rock and soul part one uh it's a classic a stunner if you will i feel like we have now talked about hall and oats and or just hall and or just oats <laughs> each episode now <laughs> Um, More than anyone had originally planned. Let's put it yes. that way. It's just it's just become a thing. It's twice already this episode. So there you go. Um, <laughs> for anybody who doesn't know, Hollow Notes put out <laughs> this this little guy. <laughs> I thought you were gonna set up Hollow Notes uh, in general. <laughs> I was like, whoa, yes. we are jumping way back. They, uh, they this is like a great. This record, is like a right? yeah. It's like a mid mid career greatest hits huh? record. Like, greatest hits dot 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 so far yeah it's like you have enough songs already to do that yeah. um they tacked on two new songs uh say it isn't so is one of those and i think it starts yeah the record starts with say it isn't so which is genius um and you could only get those songs on guess what rock and soul part one so nice. there you go oh, i love i love that love those record label plans <laughs> right. Do you have a record? No, we have two songs. Cool, we'll just put them out with all your other ones. We got some that sounds somewhat like that one. Yeah. Um, let's see. B fifty two self titled. I mean, if you don't know now, you know. Uh, hey, who was the is... who was the punk band that always that used to always talk about that covered fifty two girls? Uh, I'm blanking on that. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> That I was in? No. Because I know Blue Tip, we did it. Yeah, Blue Tip, right? Yeah, Yeah. yeah. we covered it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, so it was fun. Actually, after I got this record, I sent those dudes a little little love and was like, remember when we covered this song? That was fun. Um, This record is, somehow rides a line that I've never understood. It sounds like they are both the most fun gang of guys and gals you have ever come across in your life and also like a tough like back alley street fighting gang like i don't know how it i don't know how it sounds like both of those things existing in the same world but it does and it's great and i mean i was also blown away i've had this on cd for years and heard it on vinyl but never like really caught the fact that this thing is like mastered super loud like it just it's like it just sounds huge yeah um which we'll get in that whole mastering thing i think 
in subsequent episodes, but um, it's kind of one of those things that like even like remastered records, like I feel like don't always nail right. And this one as an OG copy is like, is ridiculous. It just sounds great. I found a uh, single at this like estate sale not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like this record, but it's like a party version, right? So it's yeah. not the whole record. It's basically every song that, and they just mix it all, you know. And like right. you can, you can drop a needle in between because I'll, I'll do that occasionally when, uh, yeah. when I'm DJing. But like, you're right. It's just, it's at a breakneck pace, and it, mo- it just throws most people for a loop. They're just like, what? You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's kind of cool just to have that. Like you could throw it on a party, flip it over, and everybody's having a great time. Right. Um, getting into Weirdo Town, uh, <laughs> Dexter Wanzell's Life on Mars. Uh, I'm only assuming that I'm saying Wanzel correctly. Could be Wanzel, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> uh, this record heavily sampled by the hip hoppers, as it were. Um, Dexter was a member of the MFSB band, which is uh, uh, out of Philly. They're like this like 30-plus piece band that is like responsible for like the Philadelphia sound of like R&B in the 60s and 70s. Um, I think it stood for like mother, father, sister, brother band. Um, yeah. Uh, they are famous for this is here's rabbit hole time. They are famous for writing the soul train theme. Oh, that's there their, you go. That's their big guy. Nice. Um, yeah. But this is like seventies crossover funk jazz world where it's like one foot is in old school jazz. One foot is in, we're singing about outer space and there's lots of weird organ and roads and all that kind of fun stuff. Um, lots of breaks and stuff have been taken from this record. Nice. Uh, it's yeah, it's real fun. And it's like, it's super like, there's like stuff about Voyager probes and all that all over it. It's, it's fun. Um, also weird. Cecil Taylor, uh, unit structures is the name of the album. Um, I got this one for cheap. Uh, it's an OG Blue Note copy. Uh, it has one of those amazing old school Blue Note covers. It's like a picture of Cecil Taylor playing piano in like 400 different colors on the front. Yeah, it's um, a great cover. It looks yeah. wonderful. It is uh, free jazz at its finest. I mean, these dudes are just kind of losing their minds the whole time. <laughs> uh, I think the second half, I think we talked about this before, but the second side is maybe like one whole suite it's just one giant piece of music um it's great uh so far it's been the only thing that has actually run my son ozzy out of the room there you go he was a little bit he's a little bit terrified of it i understand <laughs> why it was it was a lot to take <laughs> why are the cats fighting <laughs> yeah i don't know what that man is doing to that piano but he needs to stop <laughs> uh, i need to check that one out yeah it's it's really good um cecil has some others that are like legendary there's some live records that are really legendary that you can still find for not crazy amounts of money because a lot of people just don't want to go into free jazz land yeah quite honestly um but yeah it's really 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 good um and then connecting yet again to (laughs) hollow notes in a weird way uh fripp and eno uh together for the first time here on no pussy footing in quote uh in parentheses um this is the first time 
they work together on an album. Uh, it's like two or three, I believe, pieces of music. Um, and it's basically the first time they're really sitting down and doing the tape delay thing with like two tape machines and like running the sound into one. Then they run it into the other at like a different speed and actually like physically delay the sound and then record that and then record over that to make even more sound because why not sounded like a good idea i'm sure in the 70s um and because of all of that we get what is known as frippertronics which is frips further forays into that which show up on uh his solo albums another one which will be my last one my last buy which was god save the queen uh empty manners nice um yeah he kind of keeps developing this thing getting weirder and weirder and then all of a sudden decides i want to make pop records (laughs) so then he makes uh he works with talking heads he works with daryl hall on his solo record he works with peter gabriel uh on his solo stuff um and it gets poppy but only tangentially poppy like it's it's still weird. Um, even the God Save the Queen empty manner stuff is like super dancey and David Byrne is singing about crazy stuff and it's fun, but it's still not something that is for everybody. So Fripp is always going to kind of be that guy in the corner who's like probably smarter than everybody, but nobody really wants to go talk to because he is looking like a creep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the no pussyfooting stuff is really fun to hear because you kind of hear them starting to work out after this, you know, did his ambient stuff fully. Um, and so he goes off into like soundscape land. Fripp goes off into soundscape land as well. They make a couple more records together and then start doing stuff completely in a different direction. But, um, that's the fun of part of this for me is like the watching the arc of like what people do. Like, oh, yeah, they built up to this thing and they split off and did 10 other things with 10 other people. And maybe they do another record together or maybe not. Who knows? Yeah. Is Fripp, so, yeah. What is Fripp doing these days? Just uh, producing? Playing? Um, I think he's still... I think King Crimson is about to unbelievably oh, go right. back on the road. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, they're, they're in that stage where it's like, oh, our anniversaries are coming up. So let's go make some money. Yeah, I think they're about to drop. I think I saw somewhere they're about to drop, or they maybe just did drop like a bunch of new vinyl box sets of like yeah. the different eras of the band. Yeah. Which are very distinct and, and yeah. weird. It's like yeah. almost too much to like try and wrap your brain around, but some of it's really great and some of it's like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I imagine he's uh, mostly just sitting around listening to us talk about how great he is. He's probably like these guys also talk about me every episode. <laughs> I got I got to put something in the post for them. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> oh, I have to send two separate packages. Never mind. Yeah, good lord. I'll tweet at them. Yeah, these guys. But yeah, there's a there's a whole lot of trip to be had out there. Um people should check it out, but uh, a lot of the later stuff gets it gets a little wacky from my taste. Some of this stuff is fun because you can hear him stretching out and doing weird, fun stuff. But then there's a point at which it gets like, oh, I'm going to be really serious about this now. You're like, yeah, maybe you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But, yep. 
that caps off your list, yeah. That's my list, man. So Which I seems like a year ago now. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> Two hours for us at this stage in our lives that are <laughs> By what what kids can pack into two hours of this stage of our lives is like whoa that was yesterday <laughs> right did they oh, long go, go off am I yeah. dreaming what is this yeah what happened where what is time <laughs> what is time <laughs> all right so I just finished reading Begin to Begin uh, yep. by Robert Dean Laurie which is um, all about REM's early days so it goes um, from beginning of REM all the way up to I think right around 1987 and it was pretty entertaining. I'm kind of like really looking forward to whoever writes the second half of their career book. Cause I think there's a lot of interesting things there. Like, Oh, we're going to sign Warner brothers and make a lot of money and then not put out hit albums anymore. I think that's right. interesting, but, um, but the fun part of all this was it just like reminding me of all these great Athens bands and sort of that whole Athens up into North Carolina scene and yep. going through and buying all those, so really like the first four uh, things that I that I bought um, kind of all fit into that scene. So the first thing was I bought um, a seven inch um, by a band called O OK. So it's O H dash OK, and it's called the Wow Mini Album, and um, it features Linda Stipe, so Michael Stipe's sister, on vocals. Um, eventually Matthew Sweet would join the band once he moved to town and, uh, kind of, kind of used Athens to become Matthew Sweet, but that's a story for another time. And, uh, but this seven inch was released, uh, on DB records and it's just a great little pop song or pop, you know, it's like a pop EP. I think there's six songs total. So, well, you know, oh, wow. se- yeah. So are four songs total. So it's, you know, one song is a minute, you know, another one is just two minutes. So nice little short pop songs kind of reminds me of like early, uh, La Tigre with, uh, with more like organic, uh, instrumental, uh, playing rather than some more like the program stuff, but nice yeah. and fun. It'll be I actually played one of their songs, uh, brother, uh, DJing the other night and it kind of, kind of stuck out well in a good way. Um, nice. That led me to another 7-inch, which is uh, a band called Sneakers or The Sneakers. I've seen it both ways. And Sneakers is basically Chris Damien, Mitch Easter. So this is getting me up into the North Carolina scene, um, kind of where that book led. And uh, um, Mitch Easter produced all the early REM stuff from like 81 to 84 and Mm -hmm. uh, owns uh, Drive-In Studios in Winston, Winston-Salem. So basically, uh, what that that's just him and Chris Stamey, just like super angular punk rock. Um, there's six songs on that one, so they're all nice and short. Um, and it sounds great. It, it's really awesome. Um, after that band breaks up, um, that's when Chris Stamey goes and forms the DBs. Um, and then that led me to buying Let's Active, mm-hmm. which is a Mitch Easter band yep. and it's the a foot lp which it's it's a mini lp so it's basically like a 12 inch single with like six songs on it, I think. and um so so more mitch easter but this is just nice and poppy like it's um there's a song on here um every word means no which is like perfect uh dj stuff you know what i mean it's like kind yeah. of that yeah. 80s sound but it's not like too much on the nose um, and then, because I couldn't get enough, I uh, bought Chris Amy's solo record, It's All Right. 
which is just a great kind of like again another like poppy singer songwriter record there's great songs on it to kind of throw into a dj set like basically i'm 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 with these four and even more since then i'm I'm basically building like an athens georgia set within my dj set (laughs) yeah um but like i i kind of actually wrote like a little blog review of the book because i'm a nerd and you know and i was kind of explaining that part of the part of the fun about reading that book was just you know finding about all these other bands there's all this other great stuff i still want to get obviously pylon like we talked about last week but uh bands like love uh excuse me voice crack there uh Mm -hmm. bands like love tractor yeah um you know things of that nature um in fact i found more stuff just yesterday shopping (laughs) that i can talk about later but it's just all kind of you know you throw it on it sounds like it's all right in that same vein, but it's all different, and I yeah. love it, you know? So. Yeah, and since we talked about this, I have found, I think I sent you the, yeah. the text, like a couple of the Durham, North Carolina, uh, kind of uh, extended family yep. of all of that, the X-Teens, and then there's a sampler um, from, uh, I forget what the... Man, oh, that sample looks awesome! Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really cool, um, which I'm excited to, for you to hear because it's all yeah. it's the same thing. It's like Mitch Easter. I think actually Don Dixon recorded the X Teens, but like he's another one that's like connected in there. Like yeah, kind of well, he back and in. he and Mitch kind of took the REM sound. Like Mitch kind of got in early, and then Don kind of came in. From what I understand, yep. I think and like. Then, then the band was like, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. kind of like really took it to that next level in terms of sound. So Mitch kind of helped yeah. him do poppy stuff and uh, Don kind of took it to the next level. So I think yeah. uh, it's just, um, I don't know, like when you start talking about like early 80s sort of like indie rock, like this kind of what this fits in for me. And I think yeah. I don't, I don't, I think I get lost a lot of times in the, um, I don't know, like the wires or you know even like something as well known as like talking heads or even b52 stuff like that so to kind of hear all this great poppy stuff that existed out of that again just sort of like and and the beauty of this is these records aren't really that expensive because it's like you know outside of the first db's record um you know all of these were just you know they were all under 10 bucks each and i think yeah. the chris damey one was like three dollars do you know what i mean so yeah, right um and it's great you know so super excited about that so um yeah. and then the last thing i bought was uh lifesavers a kiss of life which is just sort of a uh, mike knott that's his band and mike knott's one of these like kind of avant-garde christian artists that i kind of grew up with he was always one of like the bad boys so yep. this goes back to my uh my uh, strict upbringing and only listening to Christian music <laughs> and working at a Christian radio station. Mike Knott was the guy to follow if you were looking for somebody to ruffle some feathers. So uh, that one came out in 1986, and it kind of reminds me a lot of like Bruce Springsteen because uh, what uh, Born in the USA was like 84, so it's got saxophone yeah. on it and stuff like that. But it's it's a it's a it's a it's a surprisingly fun uh, album to listen to, and I I always thought I'd spend a ton of money on it and. I found it super cheap, so I was excited. So awesome. That is all of our records that we bought. Nice. Yes. And we've already bought so many more. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I actually was sitting there and I was like, wait, how am I going to keep track of this? This is sick. That's a spreadsheet. So uh, one of the things that we also are going to do is completely rip off 
ESPN and their show, oh, yes. uh, PTI, uh, <clears throat> Pardon the Interruption, which is like my favorite show. Basically, two old guys yelling at each other about sports all day. Like, that's basically, yep. that's what you and I are now, like, for music. <laughs> <laughs> but um, they have a, they always have a segment when they boo-boo. It's called Errors and Emissions. So we're completely ripping that off and, and referencing because... I, I imagine we'll say at least one wrong thing each episode. So absolutely. Uh, so this is the errors and omissions section for you to get it off your chest. Yes. Hi. Uh, I screwed up last time. I mentioned in my diatribe about Black Sabbath being awesome that there's a David Bowie song on the man who sold the world called, I think, Black Mountain Rock is what I said. That was possibly like a nod to Black Sabbath or Sam sounded very sabbath-esque it's actually width of a circle is the name of the song not black mountain rock which you would think is the song that would sound the most like black sabbath but just by title but it's not it's the width of a circle so sorry feel so much better now we're gonna sleep so much better tonight i've been so worried about that having fixed that misinformation that we put into the internet (laughs) it's gonna be so much more Oh, man, I can't wait. None of this is scientifically proven. Nothing no. that we say. This is all no. conjecture. We should have a disclaimer at the beginning. Yeah, it's all conjecture and opinion. Every <laughs> every every word of this is just like, yep, that record's great. <laughs> you know the you know those like commercials like when you hear them on on the like the radio, and at the end it's like, actually, none of what we said was true. Right. you know, please call blah 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 blah. Like that's basically what we should do after each one. All the opinions Absolutely. in this podcast are mostly wrong and are yes. completely conceited, and no one should actually listen to them. These two gentlemen are idiots. <laughs> Dot com. <laughs> Don't listen. Uh, okay, so this is uh, so now we're we're transitioning into, um, and and I'm going to ask you for the radio tag again, and then we'll we'll give a little explanation. Best worst. Okay. Best worst bands. So you and I went back and forth on this for a while, but I think what we came up with is basically a band that had all the potential to be a best band of all time. And through the course of their catalog ended up becoming a worst band instead. Oof. That's true. The first time I came up with it, I said something like 50-50 bands, where it's like yeah. they started good and ended poorly. But There are those. I, they, but I think there's also what we would call third bands, which is <laughs> the third of the catalog's great. The th- middle third, if if there is such a thing, uh, uh, is sort of um, is not as good, but the it's not nearly as bad as the last third. Correct. Yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, always, I always think of these bands as like, they're probably bands for which you own some or all of their records. You may yeah. be like a diehard and be like, man, it doesn't matter how bad it gets. I'm, yep. I'm buying it. Yep. And that's fine. But you also know, like, you're like, man, they're not actually killing it all the time. And I can admit that. Like, they're, they're kind of the worst. But yep. at a point, they were kind of the best. Yeah. <laughs> so that's so the best, our- worst bands. Our first band, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you uh, do the introduction here. Oh, Aerosmith. <laughs> <laughs> Aerosmith. I'm sure everyone's like, okay, they're gonna talk about Aerosmith, but I, I promise it's gonna be entertaining. Aerosmith. Because there's, <laughs> there's, there's true 
true lies and confessions to be made throughout yes. this. Throughout this, that could be a little embarrassing. So. <laughs> Absolutely. So, so stay tuned. Yes. So to dive right in, Aaron yeah. Smith probably at one point in time, arguably, of course, because this is all arguable, uh, <laughs> <laughs> arguably the preeminent American caveat American rock and roll band in the seventies. Agreed. Um, they crushing it. Um, I'm looking at their, this time I, I came prepared when we Ooh. did this and we didn't record it. I was, <laughs> I did not have my, my world in front of me, but, <laughs> um, this time I'm, I'm ready. Uh, so <clears throat> starting in 73 with Aerosmith, uh, that record, their debut went double platinum. Yeah. Get your wings three times platinum. Then the big boy comes in, Toys in the Attic. Yep. Eight times platinum in 75. Then 76 rocks goes four, and then it starts dwindling. <laughs> so your first three records, Aerosmith, Get Your Wings, and Toys in the Attic. I mean, these are the, these are the records that you've got Dream On. Yeah, the first Freedom record Ocean. had Dream On, which is huge. Yeah, you got Sweet Emotion is in there, Back in the Saddle. Uh, there's like five or six other huge singles. Same old song and dance. I can same old song and that. dance. Walk <laughs> this way. Yeah, walk this way. The, walk the this OG way. We'll walk this way. If you will. Yes, walk this way will appear twice in our story tonight. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but they are crushing it. I mean, they are they are riding a wave the likes of which American rock and roll maybe had not seen yet because yeah. i guess maybe the closest other thing was at that point maybe like kiss maybe probably yeah i'll give you that yeah i mean in in largesse i would say yeah. just just in sheer like enormity of the shows because once you're selling eight million albums <laughs> yeah you that's that's us only eight million yeah. albums yeah. certified that's huge yeah that's huge um I mean, Toys in the Attic, the song is covered by R.E.M. later. Like, it goes on, I think, Dead Letter <laughs> Office is on there. I just there. listened to that last week. Got so great. So, so good. Fun. Yeah, it is. Like, when you see them, like, play it live, there's, like, a video of them playing that uh, German show, Rock Palast, yep. on uh, YouTube. And they the, the show, that show is extraordinary. And they yep. pull out Toys in the Attic at the end. It's like, yep, there you go. It's so yep. good. Um, so... The guys are riding high. They start doing a lot of drugs. Uh, and then they get mad at each other. <laughs> We're compressing a lot of history here. But then we put out Rocks, which is four times platinum, which is only half as much as Toys in the Attic, which means the record company is already, like, cringing. Yeah. Um, then in 77, and by the way, they're putting out a record a year here. So yeah, yeah. 73, 74, 75, 76, 77 is Draw the Line. That's only 2 million. Yeah. Um, and and then, a horrible album cover, I think. Yes. The yes. caricatures on the front. <laughs> That's real bad. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, then we go Night in the Ruts. Which kind which of falls just, apart. Yes. They're, they're actually in the ruts at this point. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And then Rockin' a Hard Place uh, is like 82. So we've now kind of crept into like 
the latter half of their first third, which yeah. is the wheels have kind of come off. Yeah. Uh, drugs. They're mad at each other. People are quitting. They're leaving. Yeah. Uh, they're putting out terrible records of their own, <laughs> which some of the, the guys that left, some of those records are not good either. They're, you're, they're really, you're, you're they're telling rough. me the Joe Perry project is not something worth checking out. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Perry and Richie Sambora should have gotten together. You know what I mean? Right. There you go. <laughs> um, so they kind of fall apart and disappear. Um, and between 82 and 85, nothing happens. Yeah. And then they put out Done With Mirrors in 85. Yeah. Which still goes gold. Both of the, their worst records still sold half a million copies. But sure. by, by comparison, that is not good. I mean, he went from 8 million to 500,000. And you're not, the label here is is going, hey, uh, we don't have, we don't actually have a single. And this is not good. Like, Dumb Mirrors was closer. Like, the guys were coming back to the band. They were, they're back as a unit. But, like, it's still not. still not a thing. It's not really a single that's like, yes, I remember that from Done With Mirrors. Yeah, like, no. I don't even. I, I you don't even really see that album. Do you know what I mean? Like I see Aerosmith albums <clears throat> occasionally, but I've never seen Done with Mirrors that I can you know, recall. The weird thing is, uh, three weeks in a row at the record store, the you found only it. Aerosmith record that I've seen. That's weird. It. That's because we talked about that. That's what's so <laughs> weird course. about this. So weird. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, because in full uh, transparency, I went looking for Aerosmith records and still the only one i could find done with mirrors <laughs> it's like wow but it's okay. worth pointing out that done with mirrors is when joe perry and what brad uh, whitford come back right yes this yes. is when yeah we have returned quote unquote to form um also and, in and here yeah uh, well i think it's important to note that that they came back but the album did poor correct it sets you up for kind of i think their decisions going forward Yes. But you continue. Yes. So they famously are recording, I believe they are recording this record. And next door uh, is famously Run DMC. Uh Who is, I think this is how the story goes, if I remember correctly. It's kind of illustrated in the the video to walk this way when... uh, They both walk Steven, out into the hallway or whatever. When Steven Tyler like busts through the wall and is like, oh yeah, yelling. It seems, looks like he's yelling at them. Basically, I think they were sitting in the control room and through the wall here, walk this way. They're like, what is going on? Go over there, uh, Rick Rubin and Run DMC. And they're like, oh, hey guys. And they are creating what will be the new walk this way and they're like oh wait you're just right there well can you just come in and play the thing instead of us like sampling your thing okay sure so then we get that which then introduces aerosmith to a whole new crew of people sorry and we get the huge video for walk this way run dmc blows up of course and People are like, who is that scary white dude with the large yelling on stage with them? Because there's a lot of kids who probably had no idea who they were. 
but yeah. it puts Aerosmith back in play again. <laughs> back in the play. saddle, if you will. Back in the saddle. <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> I, I got, give me a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> so then, two years later, they go. They go off to a cave with a. Uh, was that guy's name? Desmond Child? Desmond Child. This is where my theory comes in, which is mm-hmm. that they're so they just can't write their own stuff. And so right. every band that had to make sort of that that next <coughs> level, uh, they had to ride the escalator up. Uh, I won't make an elevator joke just yet, but uh, oh, please do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they jump in the elevator and go yeah. up to Desmond Child, who helps them write all these uh, hit songs, if you will. And uh, that's how we get. Uh, what permanent vacation basically Desmond Child comes in helps them write songs that I think that the label could then get on on the radio which if they've had a career up to this point and are they're not going to get songs like that they had previously on the radio on the radio right so this is basically somebody coming in and just saving the day in terms of we're gonna not really sell out but like we're gonna go for it right we're gonna do the thing we're doing it yes uh it worked yeah, <laughs> in in short, it, it really worked. Yeah, because they say f- they sell five million copies of Permanent Vacation. Yeah, uh, they take full advantage of MTV. Yeah, uh, Ragdoll. Uh, what was the other James Jam? Dude looks like a lady. Dude looks like a lady. Written about Vince Neil of Motley Crue. Yep. Uh, supposedly, I'm sure he would ha- take umbrage with that, but maybe he wouldn't. Maybe, like, yeah, that, that was me. Yep. Um, what's the other angel is on yep. this one? Oh, yeah, man. When that guitar solo, it's like starts with that just one note yep. every time that hits. I am, I'm in it. <laughs> I don't really like, I don't really love Aerosmith, but I that moment That's that record is like, yes, yep. Um, so they they explode all over again. They are everywhere. Back. They're I'm back, back in the <laughs> saddle again. They're yes. back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is also Love in an Elevator. No, that's Pump. Yep, yep. That's next. Uh, so <clears throat> they're back. They're everywhere. They go on tour. I'm sure for like two years, and then they write. Pump again with Desmond Child, yep. Which then goes uh, even bigger. Uh, let's see, what is this? Pump seven million copies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good lord. Um, Jamie's got a gun. Love it in an elevator. Uh, what's the other big? Well, what what's it the... takes. Yes. At the end, isn't there a isn't there a big ballad on this one? Is that one it? Is what it takes. One? Yeah. What it yeah. takes. That's right. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I have to say I have a soft spot for this record in my heart. This was like given to me on a tape, I think, when I was too young to buy music, and like I just when you when when you can only get what you can get, like you just listen to it over and over and over. (laughs) Right, that's what I did. But uh, yeah, I wore this thing out, man. Um, so interestingly. They have yet to have a number one album in all this time. I didn't realize this until I started doing my homework officially. Um, 
they go on tour undoubtedly for pump again for looks like a while yeah. come back once again with desmond child i'm sure and create the classic get a grip oh. <laughs> which is the first number one album at least in 93 which is which is important because 93 was a year that i mean the 90s were weird as music goes they're weird but 93 is a big year for everything other than like aerosmith's brand of rock and roll yeah like at this yeah. point things are really starting to change yeah for aerosmith and or for uh just for everything yes <laughs> okay all right well, that's fair enough <laughs> i think i think i think for them i think they're probably feeling the the pressure of okay we're still riding high but yeah but everything around us is a little wacky right now but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. everyone else here in the room is not not like us um the closest thing at this point to us is probably metallica and that's yeah. not very close <laughs> yeah yeah i would agree <laughs> Um, like, so they've gone from being on a level with Kiss to being on a level somewhat with Metallica. I mean, they're the only thing selling in terms of popularity. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, get a grip has one of the worst album covers of all time. It's a terrible album cover. It's got the cow with the udders and like one of the udders is pierced and is branded and the get a grip logo, like album title on the bottom (laughs) literally looks like they made it in like Microsoft word. Uh, it's just offensive. It's um, not even clever. From this, from this classic, we get "Living on the Edge." Yeah, which has that terrible video. Yeah, with where he's holding like he's kind of nude or whatever. Yeah, he's and Joe junk. Perry does the solo on the hanging off the train. I forgot. About yes, that. <laughs> yes, yes. And then I hate I hate literal music videos. So like, if you're actually hanging on the edge. While you're playing the guitar, the only thing that can make that worse is if it was Edge from U2, at which point I would just jump off a cliff. The Edge is living on the edge, living on the edge of the edge, playing a guitar. Oh, man. Which leads us to the next song, Crying. That's what I need to do. Crying. It's on there. Uh, What's that? Crazy? Crazy. Crazy. Which basically, both those songs ignited you know, Liv Tyler and what Alicia Silverstone's yep. career did I guess Alicia Silverstone was already popular from um was it the crush? No. She in the crush? She was in the crush, but I was just I just heard someone reference that movie the other day and how it hasn't held up well. <laughs> clueless. 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 See, clueless. Yes. I can't remember if these videos came out post clueless or if that led to clueless, but um <clears throat> Either way, it doesn't matter. <laughs> either way. Yeah, either way, they're in there, and that's all that us as teenage boys probably remember. Yeah. Quite honestly. Yeah. Um, and then what else? What else? So we got Living on the Edge, Crying, Crazy, yeah. uh, Eat the Rich. Eat the Rich. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and this is where, this is where, I guess technically, Janie's Got a Gun is where the social socially aware Aerosmith start oh, yeah. poking its head, which is something that sometimes you should just not do. Um, uh, yep. Eat the rich is a great example. Like you're singing yes. about yourself. You yep. jerk. Like, yep. Also, Steven Tyler, I wonder if his feet were really weird at that point. Have you seen those? Have yeah. you seen those pictures? Oof. Yeah. Weird feet. Oh, sorry. 
The best photo I saw recently was a meme of him, and above it, it just said he's 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 wearing like he has a man bun, and with his hair kind of in his face, these big glasses and like a like a scarf, and it's like Steven Tyler looks like the mom that would let you uh, let all yeah. the kids drink at their house in high school. Right. <laughs> I saw uh, that. That was great. Wonderful internet. You gotta love it. Yes. All right. So true. All right. So we have now officially gone. Two thirds of the way through. Yeah, we are. We are. We are. We are about to get on the sled and just. Yeah. Like we're about to get into the luge. I mean, we're about to start flying downward in terms of career. Yeah. So also they have put out Get a Grip is album 11. By 1993, they have put out 11 albums. I think that includes there's a couple of live records we didn't talk about in here, which is, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, but 11 albums, that's a lot of, that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot yeah. of records. And so then we are gifted the joy, <laughs> the joy that is nine lives. <laughs> oh God. Which actually has a cat on the cover. Oh, of course it does. <laughs> but it looks like a cat that was like, that was like a hairball about five minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, but. <laughs> it's like a roadie. He's, I think he's wearing a band shirt, which again, yeah. that's just, uh, yeah. It's not good. No. Uh, Nine Lives gave us what songs? Uh, really only one. And it's the, it's the one. Pink, that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which won a Grammy? Wow. Yeah, it did. Also, that won a Grammy? Yes, it did. It won a Grammy for best rock performance. By a duo or group with vocal. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. Pink, which is yeah, another not so subtle Aerosmith innuendo. Yeah, and I don't also, want to talk about apparently, it. Apparently, Steven Tyler's favorite color. I don't want to talk that. about it. <laughs> yeah. um, it's my favorite color. <laughs> you should read the editor's so notes terrible. on iTunes about this album. I mean, it is so like. <laughs> Somebody like somebody gave this guy whoever wrote this got a thousand dollars just to write this, but it's just <laughs> oh oh Glenn Ballard wrote on this and oh, wow. uh, oh man so and so is really long thing it says it helps guide the album towards the hard and heavy sounds of modern alternative rock nine oh. lives something's got to give the farm and crash bear the influence of Foo Fighters Pearl Jam and Stone Temple Pilots yeah. more than the Rolling Stone and the Yardbirds Aerosmith's old standbys <laughs> <laughs> the album was originally titled Vindaloo <laughs> and featured Hindu derived cover art but the Indian theme survives mostly in the form of the hard rock raga of Taste of India. Oh, man. Wow. It, and it keeps going, yeah. <laughs> oh, here's your check, guy. Wow. Yeah. Take it out to cash. You're welcome. <laughs> um, so that was terrible, but still sold two million albums. There you go. Yeah. People just probably bought it because that's what that's what he did. Right. It was only four years after Get a Grip, so they're like, surely it can't be that bad. Oh, yep. wait. Yes, it can. It can. And in case you're wondering if they could do it yet again, they did on Just Push Play. (laughs) (laughs) I know I'm really hung up on the album covers, but this one (laughs) is just, it's like a female robot, like in a yellow dress blowing up like Marilyn Monroe. And it actually just says Just Push Play with the play button, (laughs) the triangle that signifies play. Like, I'm just going to. 
I just want to throw my laptop across the room looking at this. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, uh, Just Push Play uh, features the song Jaded, I think was the oh. single. I think that was it. Which is, I think it was. And that was basically... I mean, rhythmically, that is uh, that is basically a Beatles song. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't even take it to ride. It. Take it to ride. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah Do you know what the last up. song on that album is called? Vindaloo. Avant Garden. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Avant Garden. Oh. Man, I was just I was in the garden the other day. <laughs> And I felt so avant. I, was like, I felt so avant-garde. And I was like, whoa. I'm avant in the garden. Guard, avant-garde, garden. Gar- <gasps> Let's write a six and a half minute song about that. Oh, God. It's so, I mean, they put out other singles apparently, but I guess, I guess maybe I remember just push play as an actual single, but like yeah. Jaded was the only one you ever heard. Yeah, yeah, for good for um, obvious reasons. There's really, there's really not a lot to talk about there, honestly. But there's a whole lot to talk about next, which is the classic <clears throat> honking on Bobo. Oh man, <laughs> which features yet another great album cover of uh, a velour <laughs> with a, uh, blanket it's a harmonica. Of yeah. Yeah, so the harmonica and lipstick on the harmonica. Oh, it's leaving leaving us all to wonder what Bobo actually is. Yeah, don't don't go there. The and also, listen. <laughs> and also, is Bobo like some weird slang for a harmonica? Is that somebody's? Is that like a thing? I don't know. Do you think? I really don't know. I really. Here's the thing: "Honking on Bobo" is the worst album title of all time. And What's there's the second. For me personally, it's Paul yes. McCartney's "Kisses on the Bottom." <laughs> I can't, I can't handle it. It's so stupid. "Kisses on the Bottom." What does that mean? So I told, uh, so Sir I Paul. told my wife. Yeah, <laughs> you told, told her this, this, <laughs> and we almost wrecked the car. We were laughing so hard. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like Sir Paul. What? What? What oh. shall we name this album? What Al, what what should we bequeath this title? <laughs> Kisses on the bottom. Okay. Like Sounds the room good. must have just been so silent. Like, right. oh gosh. Right. What are we gonna do with this? What do you think they said when <laughs> whoever speaks for Aerosmith came in and was like honking on Bobo? That's the one. So and like, I think like, they like, yeah. sold this as such a blues album that it's gotta be some sort of like blues slang, right? Like, because right. isn't that the idea? Like they're going back to Back to their roots. Let's find out. <laughs> yeah, was Let's there a famous out. like blues person, Bobo or something? Or honking on Bobo. It's a reference. Oh wait, here we go. The album title is suggested by Steven Tyler, oh. who heard the phrase somewhere and the bound found it funny. <laughs> 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 I can't handle it. I can't handle it. The band found the band found it funny. Joe Perry also stated during a radio interview that quote, we just know that it's a phrase that sounds jazzish, oh, no. nasty-ish, 
So it works for us. Oh, no. It may also be a reference to the early 90s single Honkin' on Bobo by Canadian country bluegrass folk music group The Good Brothers. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a stretch. They just... Oh, oh wow. <laughs> they found it funny. Uh, you think anyone laughed uh, at there was apparently... on the bottom? <laughs> <laughs> they should have. Sorry, mates. It was a joke. <laughs> okay, right. Whatever. Yeah, he's oh. like, that was not supposed to be the thing. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Oh, oh man. So, uh, just in case we thought we were done with Aerosmith, we're not. Because oh. they put out another record in yeah. 2012. Yeah. Um, called Music from Another Dimension. Yeah, I mean, I don't even know if this counts as a <clears throat> record. It's like gross. I guess uh, it is. Yeah, it got wow. I don't even. I actually saw this CD the other day, and I was like, "Oh, we were just talking about this." Oh man, look at that! Can't stop loving you, featuring Carrie Underwood. That's interesting. Uh, so they're kind of reaching for you know the doing the audience thing. So, but Stephen yeah. Tyler's on uh, American Idol, right? So I guess yep. that maybe ties into it. Here's the thing. So Emily and I went and saw Aerosmith and Motley Crue. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember why, but like it was the last concert ever at Starwood and it was in October, which is an outdoor venue. And it rained sideways and was freezing cold. The whole show was miserable. Like Motley Crue shot off fireworks and they wouldn't even like the smoke wouldn't dissipate. It just hung up underneath like the (laughs) outside it was so bad and, like these girls are like in cages and you can't even see them right like poor right. girls <laughs> but so so then Aerosmith comes out and we're like okay and uh I think we'd gotten free tickets or whatever so I'm like well you know like I you know I've got my I got my Aerosmith songs that I know dudes came out and I, look I give them credit because they just went all old school and that's probably fine like anyone at a certain age like absolutely loved it and then, then they actually came out and did some honking on Bobo songs, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, this can't get any worse." <laughs> and then they would play the they would they would play their hits on the video screens to transition between like their sets, right? So you would Oof. hear like, you know, a famous song of Pump, and you'd be like, "Yeah," whole crowd would go crazy, and then it would just show it on the screen, and then go to something <laughs> else. It was such a tease. It was awful. oh no, awful. Ugh. Yep. I just I don't understand. I mean, I guess my question always with these is, <laughs> these sorts of things is how does how does a band how do you make a because it's not just one decision obviously yeah. right over such yeah. a long amount of time it's how do you make a series of decisions that leads you from the heights that you were because it wasn't like they were like first two years they did an amazing job and then they never put out a hit record after that it's like no you guys had like two full careers worth of success if not more really and you made a group of decisions somewhere in there yeah that like led you to honking on bobo (laughs) i think and how did how did how do you get there i think that this is going to sound weird, but like, I, I just think that there's bands that like just want to stay famous no matter what. And so they just keep going for it. But right. the culture changes too quickly. Right. So like, right. there is no more Aerosmith nowadays. Like they, w- the closest thing you could do would be that band that everyone slags on for sounding Zeppelin right now. Um, oh yeah. Totally. Greta, Greta Van, Van Fleet, Fleet or whatever. Yeah. 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 So 
And um, so that's probably like, you know, that and maybe like the, the tours or anything Jack White does, like it's kind of right. trying to keep that rock sound live. But that's right. not even relevant, like in terms of like popular music, which is even harder nowadays to determine what do you consider popular music? Because right. there's no MTV. So MTV always kind of usurped radio in the sense that like it could bring all those genres together yeah. and you could be huge thanks to MTV <laughs> and also radio. So like, I guess my point is like there are some bands I think that never went for it. They just kept doing what they did. And as the tide changed, they just kept putting out records, what they were good at. And they, those bands are fairly successful and and are still live. Do you know what I mean? Like they can still be really well live. Like I think of like a Pearl Jam or whatever, you know, something on those lines where it's just like, we're just going to keep putting out albums. We don't care if the sales, the albums goes down. Because we'll stay true to our fans, we'll stay true to our sound, and people will continue to come see us. I think a band like Aerosmith is just the ego so big that they just have to keep aiming for the stars. And that's how you get pink and jaded and things. Do you know what I mean? Because, you know, somebody's probably like, yeah, they'll play this on the radio. You know what I mean? And and it's just, ugh. So if I hear you right, I think you're saying that to get back in the saddle, they would have to get a grip <laughs> and stop honking on Bobo <laughs> because we can no longer just push play. Yeah, that's right. Because this music needs to be from another dimension at this point, because I don't, I don't know what's happening. Like, because I mean, in, in some of the research for <laughs> what we just did, that stroll yep. down, horrifying memory lane like listening to that early catalog it's like man that is just it is kind of all killer no filler like yeah every song is like yeah that ain't that ain't bad that ain't bad at all like you guys are doing you're doing the bluesy rock thing but in a way that like i mean got you covered by like Everybody from Guns N' Roses to, you know, R.E.M., like everybody yep. wanted to cover, you know, uh, an Aerosmith song. You know, you show up in movies, you, it's a, you're part of the culture. And then suddenly, like, you just became part of nothing. And then when you came back, it was like, what is going on? By the way, <laughs> we didn't talk about Steven Tyler's uh, solo record. <laughs> Oh, when was that? I don't even remember that. It, it, it is relevant <laughs> to my uh, time here uh, in Nashville. I think it came right. out like, uh, like probably like five or six years ago or something like that. Um, yeah. What was that like? <laughs> Tell us more. Oh, I didn't listen to it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're all somebody from somewhere is what it was called. It came out oh, in 2016. That's that terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't know. Like, if you're the other guys in that band, like at some point you're like, yeah, I'm just, I just wait for them to give me a call. We just get. Yeah. The, we just go. Well, I think we just go do the thing. Too, when when you're a band <clears throat> of that level too, I think you just end up having to kind of wait it out and like kind of. And then you can come back, you know what I mean? And like, I think yeah. they're probably at the stage where it doesn't make sense to make records. It's just go out right. and play the hits. Do you know what I mean? So, right. Or show um, them on a video screen, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. 
We had oh, another man. band that we were going to do this for, but I think we've gone so long for Aerosmith. We'll probably punt that one to another episode, but it's a good yeah. one. It is. It is a good one. Uh, <laughs> we tried to squeeze it in last time, but we wound up talking about it for so long. That was like, yeah, oh. we did. We did. Cause it just gets depressing. I mean, it's fun to do those, but it's also like at a point you're like, Oh my God. Like, yeah. What happened? (laughs) What earthquake sucked you in? (laughs) Well, like I said, I think it just gets to be a theme of like people just trying to reach for the top. You know what I mean? Like once they're there, they don't want to let it go. And, uh, if you want to stay true to your fans, you know, and you want to make an all blues record, that's fine. But still don't, don't pick the honking on Bobo and the, you know, like don't, like you got to make it in a way where people want to buy it and want to listen to it. You know what I mean? Don't like just make it a joke. That's how everybody took it. You know what I mean? They just took it as a joke. So, right. Right, right, right. Poor Bobo. I mean, it's called Honking on Bobo. Oof. All right, buddy. Well, what, uh, I think we usually wrap these up by saying some things that we want. And I've been finding so much stuff lately. I'm, I'm not 100% sure that there is anything that I. I'm dying to find, but um, but uh, have you found your the one that you've been looking for? Oh, Freddie Hubbard. Yeah, uh, I did actually. Oh, um, yes, uh, I did. So that one's that one's marked off the list. Off the list, yeah. Now, uh, which is which is great. Um, I've got some some goodies for for next episode. They're actually oh, on the good. Way. I can't wait. Way. I can't wait. Um, I'm trying to think. Of anything that I, you got anything while I try well, to collect myself? <laughs> mine was, it's not even, I mean, the idea, right, is something that we might find. And um, that's always fun. But like right. I've been finding, I've been, I have kind of found some good stuff lately. But I think what I saw that was recently announced was the, um, the roots things fall apart, like yes. three LP uh, with Oof. a book box. Box set. I think that's coming. I guess it must be twenty years for that. Um, yeah, yeah. Ninety nine was the original release date. So the twentieth anniversary release of that, which I don't, um, I do not have. I've got a couple Roots records. Um, well, the one I'm really, really wanting them to reissue is Phrenology because that thing is yep. just kind of perfect. But this one is right there with it in terms of like their discography. So it's 65 bucks right now. So I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know, but, um, yeah, but I think that would be fun to pick up, um, at some point when I got a little bit extra cash to spare. So, yeah, I don't know if this one is, is fair because it's actually on the way, but it was one that I was really looking for and, and hoping that actually it was released at some point, uh, that new, it's not new, a new recording, but it's a new release. Uh, the Nirvana Live and Loud. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, show. what concert uh, is that? It was. Uh, they filmed a show for MTV to be. Sh- it was shown like, I want to say it was like shown on New Year's Eve or something like that. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, but okay. it was like, um, it was like the last time they were on mtv i believe i think they had just done the unplugged so it's like pat smears in the band it's like the in utero tour yep. um gotcha. and it, it is a killer show it is i saw them on that tour and it's like the same same thing i mean pretty much the same set uh, i think ah. there's a couple of different songs like they play and on this vinyl reissuing of it uh i think they put like man who sold the world they play like 
they recorded a bunch of stuff that they didn't air and they put oh, it gotcha. all on the record. So yeah, I saw um, it in the store sorry. yesterday and, yeah. uh, <clears throat> you know, I thought about picking it up, but I kind of blew yeah. my budget on other random <laughs> stuff I found. So I was like, well, wait, <laughs> right. What's yeah, my funny story. One... I was playing, uh, I threw in, I have like a beat up old CD copy of, uh, you know, from the muddy banks, yep. uh, record or whatever. Yeah. And so I put it in, I, I put it in CD player. This was looking for something a little loud. And, um, and, um, the, uh, so I'm, I'm, I throw it in and then, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if do you remember the beginning of that, the way it starts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just him screaming into the microphone yes. and it's like, and he girls just banging on the drums. I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, so obnoxious. And Emily <laughs> was sitting down and she was like, you could just see her face. She was like, Oh my gosh. And so finally I was just like, uh, I just said, uh, I was like, Oh, sorry. And then once Nirvana, and then once it kicked in, she was like, Oh, okay. This is fine. But it was a little too intense at the beginning. So. Yeah. I, I listen. I have that on, for some reason I have that on vinyl. I think I yeah. bought it. I think I bought it before I had a record player like years ago. Yeah. And, uh, I listened to it and I thought I was like, wow, that's, that stuff still holds up, man. Yep. It does. It does. <laughs> it's, definitely. It's does. good. I mean, I've got that, the reissue, of uh in utero too and it's i mean it's pretty stellar yep <laughs> like, but anyways i digress well i think uh i think we've done it again i uh this is uh i'm i'm worried because i gotta i gotta make sure i save this file because the last <laughs> couple times we've had some issues with me on that so that's all right but uh, but um, as as usual this has been fun i never really imagined i could talk about aerosmith that long but it's been fun Right. Just wait for the wait for the next one. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, like I said, I already have a huge stack. So um, yeah, me too. So we we can wrap up this one, and then in a couple days, we're actually having to move all our furniture to the other side of the house because we're having hardwood floors installed from a oh, leak wow. that we've had. So so once I get that moved, that's tomorrow, and then they come in Tuesday and install, and then they come back. Then we'll move everything back. Then I can kind of be back in my room that's not too loud to, to call you. So maybe later this week we'll do nice. uh, we'll, we'll call each other about our other finds. So Sounds great. All right. Well, I'm going to immediately hit the stop recording button now so we don't lose this, okay? All right, brother. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs>